This is Robert Conrad. This Cleveland Orchestra concert is available on demand thanks to the support of WCLV Ideastream members. I'm a member, and I hope you'll join me today. Click Donate, and thank you. Throughout his career, Michael Tilson Thomas has advocated for the music he loves, excavating its deeper meaning and sharing his discoveries through insightful concerts, the pioneering Keeping Score television and radio series, and now on social media. So it's unsurprising this concert, straddling the breadth of Europe and two centuries, presents beloved masterpieces along with a new work that has never before been performed by the Cleveland Orchestra. The first half is a celebration of the familiar, opening with the Polonaise from Tchaikovsky's opera Eugene Onegin. This leads into Faure's heartrending elegy, followed by another gem by Tchaikovsky, his elegant variations on a Rococo theme. For these two works, the orchestra is joined by a cellist the conductor calls my dear friend and someone I so admire, Gautier Capuçon. The second half pivots to a delightful rarity by the great 20th century composer Benjamin Britten, a suite from his ravishing fairy tale ballet, The Prince of the Pagodas. Britten turned to Balinese gamelan ensembles for inspiration in depicting a tale that combines elements of Beauty and the Beast and King Lear. The Prince of the Pagodas is as enchanting as it is ambitious. Guest conductor Michael Tilson Thomas says it's dazzling. One hit tune, one staggering sound after another. Not since Tchaikovsky's big ballets did someone turn out something as magnificent as this. I'm Bill O'Connell, and this is the Cleveland Orchestra on the radio. In the spring of 1877, Opera singer Elisaveta Lavronskaya approached Peter Tchaikovsky with an idea, an opera based on Alexander Pushkin's Eugene Onegin. Tchaikovsky was at first unconvinced by the suggestion, but when he revisited Pushkin's novel in verse, he became enraptured. Certainly the themes of Pushkin's novel registered with Tchaikovsky. It's a tale about a worldly man who cruelly rebuffs the love of a young, impressionable woman and his ensuing torment upon meeting her later in life. The composer was at the time plagued by guilt over his own engagement and forthcoming marriage to a woman he did not love. The Polonaise that opens the, this concert appears at the beginning of Act Three of Eugene Onegin, opening with a regal fanfare that whisks us away from the country setting of the first two acts to the St. Petersburg Palace of Prince Gremin. The elegant dance is filled with buoyant strings and brilliant brass colors, contrasting with simmering tension as Onegin arrives to discover that Tatiana, the naive girl who once professed her love to him, is now a sophisticated woman dressed in elegant gowns and held in high regard. Conductor Michael Tilson Thomas on stage and greeted warmly by the audience here in Mandel Concert Hall in the Severance Music Center. And in just a moment, We'll begin this concert by the Cleveland Orchestra. <laughs> Very enthusiastic greeting. With the Polonaise from Act Three of Eugene Onegin by Tchaikovsky. Thank you. 
Michael Tilson Thomas and the Cleveland Orchestra with the Polonaise from Eugene Onegin by Peter Tchaikovsky, opening this concert from Mandel Concert Hall at Severance Music Center. The Cleveland Orchestra has played this piece many times since Arthur Shepard led a performance of it in March of 1923. There will be more music by Tchaikovsky in a few minutes, his variations on a Rococo theme for cello and orchestra. But first, our guest artist, Gautier Capuçon, gets a chance to warm up a bit with a short but popular work by French composer Gabriel Fauré. Fauré was a master of tender and intimate moods in his many beautiful songs and chamber works. His popular elegy for cello started out as chamber music, the slow movement to a projected sonata for cello and piano. Fauré often began his compositions by sketching out the slow movement first. Still intending to write a full cello sonata, he previewed the slow movement at a private gathering in 1880. The other movements never followed. In 1883, Elegy for Cello and Piano was published, dedicated to the cellist who performed with the composer its successful premiere. On this program, the Elegy will lead directly into a more substantial work in the cello and orchestra repertory, Peter Tchaikovsky's Variations on a Rococo Theme of 1876. It may come as a surprise to you, that the version of this piece that has become famous is not in Tchaikovsky's original form. The German cellist Wilhelm Fitzenhagen, a colleague of Tchaikovsky's at the Moscow Conservatory, gave the first performance of the variations in 1877, and the composer had given him some latitude while he was writing this highly virtuosic piece. But Fitzenhagen wound up completely rearranging the order of the variations, even cutting one of Tchaikovsky's variations, over the composer's vehement protests. The performance we're going to hear is unusual in that it presents the work as Tchaikovsky originally intended, using the complete original version. While Tchaikovsky was, in his very soul, a romantic 19th century composer, he was endlessly fascinated by the classical era of Mozart 100 years earlier. It seemed to represent to him an ideal, if distant, world. Once again, here is guest conductor Michael Tilson Thomas, this time with cellist Gautier Capuçon. And this concert by the Cleveland Orchestra will continue in just a moment with the Elegy for Cello and Orchestra by Gabriel Fauvé.
The cellist was Gautier Capuçon, and Michael Tilson Thomas led the Cleveland Orchestra in Elegy by Gabriel Fauré. Next on this concert, it's the Rococo Variations by Peter Tchaikovsky for cello and orchestra here in Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center. When Tchaikovsky called his new work variations on a Rococo theme, he probably thought of little else than a pleasant diversion. And here is the work.
cellist was Gautier Capuçon, and Michael Tilson Thomas led the Cleveland Orchestra in variations on a Rococo theme by Peter Tchaikovsky. Gautier Capuçon was born in Chambéry in the Savoy region in France. He's the youngest of three siblings. His brother is the well-known violinist Renaud Capuçon. Gautier started playing the cello at the age of four, but he is also an accomplished pianist. He started learning the piano at the age of seven and studied it along with the cello in Paris. He enjoys playing jazz piano recreationally. He's on his way off the stage. Michael Tilson Thomas was applauding him as he was leaving, and Michael is making his way off the stage as well. But they will both be back. The Rococo Variations was presented by the Cleveland Orchestra at a so-called popular concert in March 1923. It has been performed occasionally since then, most recently as part of the 2012 Blossom Festival. Cleveland Orchestra recorded the variations for DECA in 1979 with soloist Lynn Harrell and conductor Lauren Mazel. Both artists are back center stage here at Mandel Concert Hall. Michael Tilson Thomas, certainly no stranger to Cleveland audiences. He has appeared with the Cleveland Orchestra on a regular basis since the 1970s. He became music director of the San Francisco Symphony in 1995. His tenure there was a period of significant growth and heightened international recognition for the ensemble. And Gautier Capuçon back on stage for a solo bow. And we're going to have an encore. Thank you very much. <laughs> I would like to play uh, for you a piece uh, which is attributed to Pablo Casals, uh, The Song of the Birds. It's um, a piece inspired by Catalan melodies. And 
that Pablo Casals played all his life against war in the world and for peace. And I would like to play it tonight for peace in Ukraine. Thank you very much.
Gautier Capuçon's encore at this concert by the Cleveland Orchestra was Song of the Birds by Pablo Casals, a piece that he dedicated to peace in Ukraine. First step toward peace is imagining peace, and that music certainly gives us the time and space to do just that. Gautier Capuçon has returned to the stage here at Severance Hall. Extraordinary moment at the end of that uh, encore. The audience was held just spellbound uh, by that wonderful music. The Catalan folk song, Song of the Birds, arranged by Pablo Casals. You can find information about the Cleveland Orchestra at its website, clevelandorchestra.com. You can also revisit selected orchestra broadcasts at WCLV's Cleveland Orchestra On Demand page. You'll find the link at wclv.org. After intermission, it's the suite from the ballet The Prince of the Pagodas by Benjamin Britten on this concert by the Cleveland Orchestra. From Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center, I'm Bill O'Connell. It seems odd that a composer best known for operas exploring society's outcasts and ideas of innocence corrupted would sign on to write a dazzling fairy tale ballet, complete with an evil sister, airborne journeys through fire and water, and a giant salamander that transforms into a handsome prince. But that's exactly what happened when Benjamin Britten accepted an offer from Sadler's Wells Ballet to compose a new work, The Prince of the Pagodas. When the project was announced in January 1954, Britten was one of the United Kingdom's most important cultural figures. The previous year had seen the premiere of his ninth opera, Gloriana, commissioned to celebrate the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. And shortly before the production opened at the Royal Opera House, the newly crowned Queen awarded Britten the Companion of Honor, the first time a composer had received the honorific. Britten began work on the new ballet in September 1954, meeting with choreographer John Cranko and turning to Tchaikovsky's ballets for inspiration. He even slept with a copy of The Sleeping Beauty by his bedside. But England's most prolific composer encountered some unexpected turbulence writing the ballet, and more than two years would pass until the curtain went up on The Prince of the Pagodas. Britain faced three challenges. First, his music up until now had largely involved voices and expressing text. He was a novice when it came to the ways music had to align with dancers' physical demands. It had also been nine years since he had worked on a large score for orchestra alone. He had written A Young Person's Guide to the Orchestra back in 1945, and the idea of producing two hours of instrumental music was daunting. Most critically, Britain struggled to devise a musical language to evoke the ballet's fantastical world. John Cranko's scenario is part Beauty and the Beast and part King Lear. The story centers on Belle Rose, a princess in Middle Kingdom China. After her emperor father decides to leave his kingdom to her evil sister, Belle Rose is whisked away by a quartet of magical flying frogs to faraway pagoda land where she falls in love with the Pagoda Prince, who, remember, initially appears 
as a massive salamander. Even for a vivid musical storyteller like Benjamin Britten, finding the right soundscape for such a tale proved very difficult. He achieved a breakthrough during a visit to Bali in the midst of a concert tour in 1956. He fell in love with the island, and in a moment of seemingly cosmic intervention, Britton heard live for the first time a Balinese gamelan ensemble. Intrigued by the sonic possibilities of mallet percussion, gongs, and drums, Britton realized that the gamelan's what he called liquid bronze sound could anchor a depiction of pagoda land. He translated the sounds and rhythms of gamelan into an ensemble of Western instruments, including gong, xylophone, vibraphone, cymbals, glockenspiel, harp, celesta, and two pianos. Their collective sound, first unveiled as Belle Rose sees the jeweled pagoda palace glimmering in the morning sun, is a magical feat of orchestration. You'll hear it in the fourth of the sixth sections of the suite. The Prince of the Pagodas received its long-delayed premiere on New Year's Day, 1957. Britain intended to extract a concert suite from the extensive score, but he never did. The suite the Cleveland Orchestra performs, arranged by Britain scholars Donald Mitchell and Mervyn Cook in 1997, preserves the continuity of the ballet's plot and offers the most striking passages from Britain's spirited score. The prelude introduces two musical motifs associated with the Pagoda Prince. Fanfares in winds and brass represent the prince in human form, followed by ominous trills in the lower strings from which the prince's salamander theme emerges. The Four Kings is an astonishing set of character dances from the suitors hoping to marry the emperor's daughters. The King of the North dances a Cossack hopak, full of spiky off-beat accents, while quiet shivers from harp and woodwinds set the scene for the King of the East's meditative dance. The King of the West music is a parody of the European avant-garde 12-tone serialism, and the King of the South's dance throbs with polyrhythmic drumming, deep snarls from the low brass, and piercing horn calls. Here's Michael Tilson Thomas, back on stage in Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center, to lead a performance by the Cleveland Orchestra of the Suite from the Prince of the Pagodas by Benjamin Britten.
Michael Tilson Thomas led the Cleveland Orchestra in a suite in six movements from The Prince of the Pagodas, the 1957 ballet by Benjamin Britten. The suite was devised in 1997 by Britten scholars Donald Mitchell and Mervyn Cook. This was the first performance of the suite by the Cleveland Orchestra. The enormous uh, orchestra has just uh, taken its seats again, awaiting the reappearance of Michael Tilson Thomas, and here he is coming out from the wings. Enormous percussion section and a full orchestra for this marvelous work from 1957 by Benjamin Britten. Michael Tilson Thomas is co-founder and artistic director of the New World Symphony, music director laureate of the San Francisco Symphony, and conductor laureate of the London Symphony Orchestra. He was born in Los Angeles, studied music at the University of Southern California, and as a young musician worked with artists including Igor Stravinsky and Aaron Copland. In his mid-twenties, he became assistant conductor, later principal guest conductor of the Boston Symphony. He subsequently served as music director of the Buffalo Philharmonic, principal guest conductor of the L.A. Philharmonic, and principal conductor of the London Symphony. He founded the New World Symphony in 1987 as a postgraduate orchestral academy in Miami Beach dedicated to preparing young musicians of diverse backgrounds for leadership roles in classical music. Michael is much beloved here in Cleveland and by the orchestra. He's now motioning for several members of the percussion section to stand. Michael Tilson Thomas's discography includes more than 120 recordings, and his television work includes the New York Philharmonic's Young People's Concerts, series for the BBC and PBS and numerous televised performances. In 2020, he was profiled on PBS's American Masters. Throughout his career, he has been an active composer with major works including From the Diary of Anne Frank and Meditations on Rilke. Both appear on the San Francisco Symphony's recent Grammy Award-winning recording of his music. On this concert, we heard the Polonaise from Tchaikovsky's opera Eugene Onegin, The Elegy by Gabriel Fauré, and Variations on a Rococo theme by Tchaikovsky, both featuring cellist Gautier Capuçon. And finally, the Cleveland Orchestra premiere of The Suite from The Prince of the Pagodas by Benjamin Britten. My commentary was based on the notes for the Mandel Concert Program book by Amanda Angel, Peter Lockie, and Michael Cerigliano II. Associate producer of these concerts is Vinay Parameshwaran. The audio supervisor for the Cleveland Orchestra is Gintas Norvila. Audio engineer, Larry Rock. At Mandel Concert Hall in Severance Music Center, I'm Bill O'Connell. Thank you for being with us. Broadcasts of the Cleveland Orchestra originate with WCLV, Northeast Ohio's classical music station since 1962. This is the Cleveland Orchestra Broadcast Service.